Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Yat Shalom. We're now in Masechet Shabbat Daf Yod Aleph Amud Aleph at the Mishnah at the bottom of the Amud. Uh, this is the third Mishnah in the first parak of Shabbat. And uh, as I mentioned before, the Masechet at this point begins walking through Shabbat from preparations to Shabbat. The previous Mishnah was really sort of a setup, if you will, um, that established the notion of not engaging in certain activities that uh, may end up taking a lot of time and lead to you forgetting a religious obligation. In the case of the previous Mishnah, it was chiefly Tfilat Mincha. And now it brings it back to Shabbat. A tailor should not walk out with his needle, let's see where the needle is, close to dark. Because he may forget and go out, we assume that means when it is Shabbat. Or a scribe with his quill, and you should not clean out your clothes. That means to clean them out from lice. Or to read by the light of the lamp. It's unclear uh, the reason for the uh, stricture against cleaning the clothes, and we'll see a discussion about that in Gemara. means the halacha is that the chazan, which means the the leader who's in charge of showing people we're uh, to read from in the Torah, can watch the children studying, he himself can't study, uh, or to read from the text with the light of the lamp of Shabbat. Now we have a parallel, which is the uh, the connection being not to engage in certain kind of behavior where you might forget a religious prohibition and engage in something prohibited. Uh, and so the problem in the reading by the lamp is that if the light flickers, you may take the lamp and tip it a little bit to increase the oil, uh, and as a result, violate mavir b'shabbat. Same thing here, if a zav eats with a zava, meaning they're married to each other, but um, they are uh, not allowed to have relations, uh, then the problem is that through the familiarity of eating together, they may end up forgetting and engaging relations. Okay. We have a Mishnah at the end of Eruvin. You're not allowed to stand in Rishut Yachid and reach over and drink in Rishut Rabim. But if you moved over so that most of your body and your head was in the area where you're drinking, Mutar. So imagine for a moment that you're inside your house and right outside is Rishut Rabim and there's a fountain out there. You can't reach out and drink from there, but if you put, extend most of your body out and drink there and remain there, then it would be okay. The same is true about a wine press. We have to see what that means. Now, the question was asked, Carmelite might, meaning if instead of Rashut Ha Rabim, it was a Carmelite, would the same prohibition apply? Amar Abaya says, same rule. Rav Amar, no. He Gufag this entire thing is a Gzera that you might then bring the water into you. And after all, Carmelit itself is a gzera. We do not, as a rule, make a gzera on a gzera, meaning we don't set up a decree to protect against violating a gzera. So I'll prove to you that we do in this case. In that Mishnah, we added the gat. My gat, what kind of wine press is this? If the Gat is either Rishut Yachid or Rishut Rabim, it was already mentioned in the first part of the Mishnah. El Lav Carmelite. It must be that the Gat is a Carmelite. And you see that you're still not allowed to reach in and drink without putting most of your body there. 
So we do make the gzera even on a Carmelite. Rav Amar v'chein begad l'nyan ma'aser. He said, no, God is not about caring, it's about something else, which is ma'aser. You have to remember that you can eat or drink uh, food in Eretz Yisrael when it's right at the place of plucking before Gemar Malacha, that's called achilat aray. So the idea is that you could uh, reach in and if you put most of your body where the, where the, uh, into the wine press, you could drink there and not have to take Trumot and Masrot. Has nothing to do with Shabbat. Vachenim Rav Sheshit Vachen Begad Linyan Maaser. Rav Sheshit interpreted that way. Nan. We have a Mishnah in Masrot. Shotin Alagat Ben Alachamin Ben Alzonen Upatur. You can drink whether hot or cold on the Gat, and you don't need to take Masrot Tiver Meir. Belazer Rav Tzadik Machayevi says you're Chayav. Chamomim Alachamin Chayav Alzonen Patur Neishemachzir Tamotar. If it's cold, then you're going to throw back whatever you don't drink. Therefore, it's called Arai. We're not concerned with the machloket, but the point is that the discussion about drinking on the gat is a discussion, and that's the reference in the Mishnah. All right, Abaye continues. We have our Mishnah. My love, the Aren't we talking about a needle that's stuck into his lapel? And after all, even if you would carry that on Shabbat, it would still not be a violation. And therefore, we're making gzerah gzerah. No, the nakit lebi aday. We're talking about what he's carrying in his hand. So Toshma, lo yatzachet machto, hatchuva lo bevigdo. We have a more explicit brayta that says the tailor should not walk out with a needle stuck in his lapel. My love, Shabbat isn't that just like our Mishnah talking about before Shabbat? Lo kitanyehi b'Shabbat. That's talking about on Shabbat itself. So that's one zera. Which is, don't walk out on Shabbat with it in the lapel as a precaution against carrying it in your hands. Now we have the most explicit b'aita that says he, the tailor should not walk out with the, uh, the needle tucked into the lapel on Erev Shabbat, just before dark. The answer is, That's authored by Rabbi Yehuda. That if an artisan carries something in the way that as an artisan he normally carries it, he is chayav. A carpenter with a, a, like a ruler, a straight edge behind his ear. Or a comber with the comb in his ear. These are all workers who are carrying the things the way they do, tucked behind the ear. Or a painter with some uh, uh, a uh, swatch of color around his neck. Or a, a uh, money changer with a coin in his ear. But if he did, he's patur. Because he's not carrying in the normal way of carrying. And, uh, and all malachot... Uh, are, are only uh, carry the full liability if they're done in the normal kind of way. Rabbi Huda distinguishes and says, if you're really a carpenter, you have a straight edge behind the ear, you're chayav. A regular guy is patur, because that's not how he carries it. Okay, so Rabbi Huda then would be the author of the uh, of that last brayta that said that you that a tailor should not walk out on Arab Shabbat with the uh, needle in his lapel, because if he were to walk out that way on Shabbat, he'd be chayav. Now, Tani Chada. Let's say Azav Bekiso. Azav, walking out with a pouch that he carries underneath in order to catch the ziva. Uh, and now, Vinyatzah Patrov Asur. One writer says, if he does carry, walk out with that, carrying it, then he is not chayav. Tani Yirach Loitzev, Vinyatzah Chayav Chatat. We have another version that says he's chayav. So, Rabbi Yosef Lokasha, 
Yosef ties it with the previous Brita and says that's Rameir versus Rabbi Yehuda. Meaning Rabbi Yehuda would call it like Derech Umnato. It's not a normal way to carry something, but if you're a Zav, it is. Rameir would not say that. He, Rameir, talks about putting something behind the ear, which is an abnormal way to carry anything. But carrying a pouch under there is the way anybody who carries a pouch carries it. If you don't say that, if you have a regular guy goes and cuts a piece of wood in order to make a handle for something, you mean that the only guy who can ever be chayiv for anything is, a, is an artisan? Al-Amra came with a different solution to the Zav contradiction. If the Zav only saw two Re'iyot, he needs the pouch in order to be able to see if there's a third one, so he has to bring a Korban. But if he already saw three, then he doesn't really need the pouch, and therefore he's not Chayav for it. So But that's not true, because if a guy has three, he does need the pouch to make sure that he's clean, so he can start counting clean days. So you're right, but on the day that he saw number three, or number two and three, whatever, on that day, it's not going to be a clean day. So after he saw number three, the rest of that day, it's unnecessary. So if, then he'd be patur. But there's a more basic reason, which is he needs it in order to make sure his clothes don't get dirty. That, this must be that Tana that we know of who says that anytime you do something for protection of something, that's not considered a positive component towards the protected thing, but a negative one. And therefore, just having it to protect the clothes as opposed to collecting the ziva and seeing if it's there or not is not considered lutzorech. And where do we see that? None. So one quick introduction, and that is something that we saw a lot in Sugyot of Taharot and Chulin, for instance, is that when liquids fall on um, on vegetation that's already been picked out of the ground or any food, it can only it, it, the the food can only become tamei once liquid has already fallen on it. When the liquid fell on it, liratzon, which means you watered it, or let's say it rained on it and you were happy about it and you deliberately left it out in the rain. So now here we go. Hakofekiaralakota. Let's say you have a wall and you have a pot and it's raining and you turn the pot upside down over the wall. If you did it so the pot should get cleaned out, then the water is considered kiyutan, like kiyitain, or of Papa's famous uh, drasha, and that means the water is considered l'ratzon, and anything that gets wet is now muhshar l'tuma. But if you did it in order to protect the wall, then that's not called b'chiyutan, because protecting the wall is not considered a tzorech of the wall, it's you wish the water wasn't there at all. So, midami, they're not comparable. Because, in that case, you really don't want the water at all. Here, you do need the keys in order to collect the ziva uh, and keep it away from your clothes. So, halodami is safe. It's actually much more similar to the seifa, which is the end of that mission, which is arivashi, radvlafta tocha. If you have a basket and it was dripping into the basket, water that shoots out from it, and mechiyutan. Because you don't really want them. The water that's in it, is, and that's what is similar to the case of the the pot on the wall, has nothing to do with the Zav. They came with the simplest solution about the two Baraitot about the Zav. 
As we're going to see later in the Masachet, huge machloket between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon about Malacha When you do a Malacha where you really don't want the result, you just want the negation of the negative of the result. For instance, somebody dies in a house and you move the body out of the house. You don't want the body there, you just want the body not here. So Rabbi Yudah in that case would say you're chayav for carrying the body out. Rabbi Shimon says, you're not chayav for carrying the body out, because that's called malacha, she'enat zuicha gufa. And therefore, since here you really don't want to have this kis at all, Rabbi Shimon would say, you're patur for carrying it. Rabbi Yudah would say, you're chayav for carrying it, because, bottom line, you do need it, even though you really wish you didn't need it at all. Okay, Tanit Rabbi Shmuel. This is not related to our Mishnah. We have a Tana from Rabbi Shmuel's school that says, you're allowed to walk out just before Shabbat wearing your tefillin. So my time was the reason came with Since you're supposed to touch your tefillin as long as you have them on and touch them all the time, how do we know that? The tzitz that the coin Godel wore had one name of God on it. And the Torah says it should be on his forehead at all times. Well, that's not true. So what does it mean it should be on his forehead at all times? That he should never forget about it when he has it on, which means he has to be touching it or aware of it all at all times. Tefillin has lots of mentions of God's name in it, and even one on it. How much more so must he maintain a constant vigilance over Tefillin? Therefore, he'll remember he has Tefillin on, and he won't walk out when it is Shabbat. Okay, Tanya, very famous piece. Hananya Omer, traditionally said in uh, the Mamadlik in Ashkenazi communities, You have to feel your clothes just before dark on Friday to make sure you have nothing in your pockets. That's a very big halacha for Shabbat. Okay, back in the Mishnah, we said, You can't clean out your clothes. Does that mean you can't clean them out during the day? Meaning on Shabbat, because you may end up killing a louse. And it follows Rabbi Eliezer who says killing a louse is really something you're chayav for, just like killing any other animal. The general approach of Chachamim was that killing a louse you're not chayav for, because in their mind, uh, lice did not reproduce. And then, then the second line, which is not to read, is a separate concern about turning the lamp. Maybe both of them are about increasing the light by turning the lamp and adding oil and violating Mavir. So what's the reason for Loi Falad Kelav? And therefore, when does it apply? On Friday or only on Shabbat? So Toshma in Polin Vein Korin Loraner. We do not clean out nor read Loraner. So Miyali Matnitin, that's no better than our Mishta. We still don't know if it's Ain Polin stop, Ain Korin Loraner, or it's Ain Polin Vein Korin Loraner. So Toshma in Polino Aner in Korino Aner. Now we have an explicit bright that puts both of them as related to the lamp. And we'll see more about that in uh, two podcasts when we get to the Mishnah and Daf Yod Gimel. Shmamina, good. Shmamina. So we see both of them are because of of the candle, and, it, and it's not because of Rabbalazar Shita about lice. You're not even allowed to check your clothes to see, is this my clothes or my wife's clothes? He says, that's only true in the city. But the farmers, their clothes are significantly different between the genders, that it's easy to tell. 
You don't have to look so finely. And by the way, even in the city, it's only the older women whose clothing looks like men. The younger girls, either it means that they have an easier time of telling the difference, because eyesight might be better, or else the clothes are significantly distinct so that it's not so hard and they would not need extra light and they would not come to tip the lamp. Okay, Tanarabanan. This is related, but not about Shabbat. In Polin Rishutarabim. We do not clean our clothes like that from lice in Rishutarabim. Me'akavod. It's not nice to people walking in the street to see that going on. Kayotsebo, Amma Rebbe Yehuda. Rebbe Yehuda said, Amri Lahu Nechemya. Ein osin apik tvizen Rishutarabim, or apik tvizen Rishutarabim, which, Me'akavod, which is for somebody to take a hemetic to, to induce vomiting. In public. This is back to Shabbat. If you clean it out, you rub. Molel means you take the, the louse and you rub it between your fingers and you throw it out. Don't kill it yourself, just, it's gonna die. He said, no, you have to throw it out. You can't rub it. He said, no, that's the proper way to do it. You rub it together and throw it out. Even behold, it's the proper way to do it. Rabba would kill them. Rav Ashadu Lakana Demaya, he would throw them into a bucket of water. Then Shabbat. Rav Nachman the Vanter, Rav Nachman told his daughters, Ketulin, kill them, Vashminim Li, call it a Sanvati, and I want to hear the, the sound on the comb, and they kill it right on the comb. They would use a comb to call out the lice. Tanya Rav Shimon Alazar Omer, you're not allowed to kill a louse on Shabbat. They say you're allowed to. And now we have other things where Bicham and Hillel disagree about Shabbat. So we're not allowed to make an arrangement to uh, create a marriage for a young girl or to uh, hire a tutor to teach a young boy Torah or to teach him a trade. You're not allowed to comfort the bereaved or to visit the sick on Shabbat. Allow all of those things. And now we have a short aside to end this podcast on the issue of Bikur Cholim and Lav Davka B'Shabbat, but also B'Shabbat. So if you come in to visit a Chola on Shabbat, what do you say? We're familiar with that phrase, which is commonly added into the Shabbat on Shabbat. What does it mean? It means that it's Shabbat. Don't cry out. The Rufuah will come. In other words, don't increase extra pleading to God. It's Shabbat. Rameir would add and say, Shabbat itself could comfort you. Rameir had a different statement. God should have comfort, uh, compassion on you and on all the other sick people. He added, God should have compassion on you among the Chole Yisrael. He would say Shalom. When he would come in to visit, he would say Shalom. When he would leave, he would say, Shabbat in God has great compassion. Rest in peace. Rest meaning have Shabbat Shalom. So, among these opinions, which one seems to be behind this statement of Rab Chanina? When you have somebody who's sick in your family, when you pray, you should pray from among the rest of the Cholim, not independently. Even Beitilo said you're allowed to be visit the sick and they bereaved on Shabbat. It's Pekoshi, meaning it's not such a simple thing. When I would follow Rabbi Elazar to visit a sick person, 
and this is not on Shabbat. Zina Mar Hakom Yefak Dach L'Shalom. Vezina Mar Rachmani Dachrinach L'Shalom. Sometimes he would say, "God should remember you for peace." In Hebrew, sometimes in Aramaic. So Hechi Avirachi. How could he say it in Aramaic? After all, this is a tefillah. A person should not pray in Aramaic. Malachim don't help you because they don't know Aramaic. Whatever that may mean. It's interesting to arrive at on this. A sick person is different. God is there with him. You don't need the Malachim. How do we know the Shechina supports the sick? Hashem supports the one on the sick bed. When you come to visit the sick, don't sit in front of him on a bed or on a chair. You mitatef and sit right in front of him. Because the Shechina is there. Hashem is there. We know that God nurtures the one who's sick. Our pasuk. We'll pick it up in the next podcast and complete our analysis of um, of this mishnah. Uh, in the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.